The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is episode three of the Off Day Debrief. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. Alongside me, Brandon Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. What's up, Brandon? Stats, episode three here. We're already heading into week three of the 2020 NFL season. And then I just have a couple things to mention at the top. First of all, you know, if you did leave a rating and review for this show, this is where I would read it. Don't have any new ones, so would like some new ones. And, and if you want to join the hashtag Odd Squad, I'd love to mention you at the top of the show. Stats, I have a rivalry, a beef to mention at the top of the show. One Pete Sweeney from Monday Football Monday, I think that's what the podcast is called, telling people to skip the oddcast. I mean, come on, what is that? Uh, no respect. I think you see the fear there, really, is what that is, mm. right? Yes, I agree. The Clearly, you know, the, the dominant podcast on the SB Nation NFL show feed. A, a lot of good shows on this feed, make no mistake. Listen to them all, but especially listen to this one. Now, look at the reviews. The odd squad has spoken. I mean, I think it's fairly obvious. Give the people what they want, right? For sure. All right. What do we got this week, Stats? Uh, we are going to react to Monday Night Football. The Raiders get a surprising win over the Saints. So we'll get to that. We're going to debut a new feature, Fraud or Laud, where we're going to look at some of the top performers through two weeks of the season and decide whether or not they're frauds or whether or not they deserve a little love. And of course, it is Tuesday. So we have to get to your 100% accurate week. Is it week two, week three power rankings? Week three. I always, I always do it going into the week because okay. the week, yeah. There you go. Uh, so let's start with Monday Night Football because I got to tell you, I didn't think there was any way we'd be doing this show talking about a Raiders win. And not only do the Raiders win, they score 34 points. The Saints blow two 10-point leads. And there are some questions in New Orleans, Brandon. Uh, stats. I like the Raiders with the points in this game. You know, not that we're a betting podcast or anything. We obviously <laughs> have another one here, SB Nation feed for that. Um, but I, I like the points. I, I was thinking, you know, like, look, this is John Gruden's going to have this team playing hard. You know, the first game in Las Vegas, no fans, but doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Gruden's really going to want this win. Uh, I think, you know, they had mentioned even on the broadcast, I hadn't realized this, the Raiders hadn't beaten or they had like one win over a team with a winning record um, since Gruden's been there, something crazy like that. Yeah, so this is like their signature win of the John Gruden Raiders era, this edition. And uh, yeah, I, I was really encouraged by what I saw from the Raiders. You know, I thought 
Uh, my pick was going to look silly because, you know, the Saints go up 10. But all of a sudden, you know, Drew Brees, he throws that pick that reminds me of almost the one he threw in overtime uh, against the Rams in the NFC Championship game where it's just like, what was that throw? He looks cooked. And sure enough, you know, the Raiders get a field goal there. They tie the game and they never look back. And this Raiders offense stats, I mean, they're fourth in scoring. Like, you know, after two weeks and it's early, but like I was, I was optimistic about this offense heading into the year. I think Gruden, you know, we all laugh at him and I, he, he deserves some of that, but I mean, he can, he can scheme up an offense now. So, you know, I think the Raiders, you know, pretty, this is a pretty legit win for them. Absolutely. I mean, the offense, look, that's what the Raiders are supposed to be, right? That's why you bring in John Gruden, because this is the kind of offense you expected. I'm a little worried because I feel like Darren Waller carries such a heavy burden in the passing game. But, you know, I mean, it's early. Ruggs is still getting acclimated to things. And then so there, there's time for the receiving core to grow there. But that's what you hope for John Gruden. And I... The Saints, man, are you part of the Drew Brees is cooked people on Twitter? Because on Twitter, Drew Brees is absolute garbage, which is not true, of course, but he's showing his age. Yeah, I mean, stats, I think I'm pretty much on everyone is cooked. That's basically yeah, that's everyone's kind of a fraud. Jam. Yeah, everyone's cooked, uh, especially the old quarterbacks. But I think, <laughs> man, like it, it's hard to look at, you know, his performance last night and feel um, again, that interception was just so bad. And now he still did some nice things. So, you know, even for, you know, when I say someone like Tom Brady or Drew Brees is cooked, they're cooked by their standards still, you know, which is not like, you know, a bad player being cooked and can't do anything. Like they can still do some things. And I thought Kamara looked great last night still. I mean, he is such a, like they should just give the ball to him on almost every play because like, <laughs> it feels like the Raiders couldn't stop him. Um, it was, it was a gift when they didn't put the ball in his hands. So, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty concerning, I would say. You know, through two games, Drew Brees hasn't really looked that great here. And that's concerning. The Saints team is like a – they're an all-in team. You know what I mean? Like, they, they made moves this year. Like, like we're, this is our final run. They're, they're all in. Isn't, didn't Drew Brees – like, isn't this going to be his last year? Well, when you signed the contract with NBC to be their analyst before you're even done playing football, I mean, that's a pretty good, clear indication. Plus, the Saints signed Jameis Winston, and they gave Taysom Hill more money this offseason. So everything they're doing says that it's going to be his last year. And one of the things I like to do is after I watch the game, I like to go on uh, NFL Game Pass and rewatch the game. Kind of, I watch the condensed version. And so I was looking at Drew Brees' passes, and I'm like, okay, you know, there's some things there that, that don't look great. But then when you immediately click over and watch the Raiders on offense and you watch Derek Carr pass the ball, then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This ball's coming out way faster, way harder. It looks really, really bad for Drew Brees. I mean, everything, all his throws look like it requires such an effort for him. And that's the crazy thing is like even the 15-yard the throws, I mean, I feel like he's putting everything he's got behind it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, you mentioned Carr. I feel like Derek Carr almost gotten like forgotten about or we all just like assumed he's bad, you know, for a while there because he was good and then he kind of just fell off. But uh, it's a really encouraging performance for him. I mean, 28 to 38, um, he's averaging 7.4 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 120.7 passer rating. I mean, uh, having Darren Waller certainly helps. <laughs> Targeted him 16 times. You mentioned the usage. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It just felt like every play. It's like, all right, uh, pass to Darren Waller. But to his credit, I mean, he was getting open. And uh, you want to talk about Drew Brees showing his age stats, and he certainly was. Uh, I thought that was kind of a theme for this Saints team, like kind of looking old, uh, like they don't have it anymore. And certainly on defense, Malcolm Jenkins, who obviously uh, I have 
a ton of respect for uh, former member of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and not only just because of that, but obviously his great work that he's done off the field. But I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is getting cooked last night, man. Like he had no chance against Waller. He had like one nice pass breakup I saw, but otherwise just getting toasted by him. Also bad in run support. I mean, there was that tackle, or there, or sorry, there was that touchdown run um, that the Raiders had from Jalen Richard, I believe. And uh, like Malcolm Jenkins had a chance to at least like push him out of the end zone and kind of just or push him, uh, you know. Uh, out of bounds and just like watch them go by. I mean, that was, that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. The saints defense doesn't have anyone that scares me in particular, which I always feel like to me on, if you're going to be a great defense, you got to have one guy, one scary guy. The saints to me don't have that. They've got a lot of good players, but if they don't put up the points on offense that they're used to putting up, I don't think their defense is good enough to keep them in games, to be honest with you. Yeah. So again, I think this is like a legit win though for the Raiders. I don't want to, you know, make this just like the Saints are, are are done or something or bad all of a sudden. I think still think the Saints are a good team. Um, you know, again, Drew Brees level being cooked is still probably better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL uh, who aren't cooked even. So uh, you know, I still think the Saints are going to be a problem in the in the NFC. I mean, they moved the ball with ease at times last night, uh, even though it wasn't perfect. So but I you know I think it's a legit Raiders win as well. I think you know it kind of says uh there's there's legitimate concern about the Saints and there's legitimate uh hype and and good things going on with the Raiders. Are you more encouraged by the Raiders or more concerned about the Saints? I would say more encouraged about the Raiders really. I think this is just again just a legit that the offense is legit. Uh, that's something that is sustainable. It's going to be a problem. Uh, I still think the Saints are like a playoff team, you know, so I'm not going to like say I'm super concerned about them. I still think they win that division probably. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. I think it will. I think it's going to be close. I don't think I've always been down on the Saints more than most people. And I admit that I sort of have an irrational hatred of them. So I try to keep that in check. But I think between the Saints and Tampa, it's going to be tight in that division. But, uh, you know, We'll see as we go along. It's only week two. All right. New segment here we're debuting on the show. This is your brainchild, Brandon. Hmm. Do you want to tell the people how it's going to work? Well, basically, you know, I want to dub things as frauds, uh, people, whatever. Uh, you know, I just like to call people out. Uh, maybe because I'm a fraud and, you know, I'm just projecting here. But, uh, but yeah, the segment's called Fraud or Laud Stats. We're going to get into some things that we see that, you know, you, this happens in the NFL. It's like this this person, this team, they're the hot topic. But like, are you buying it? Are you selling it? Uh, but, you know, people use those terms too often. So we're going to use fraud or law. It rhymes. Um, how do we want to start this? That's a totally original thought that no one's ever thought to do before. So yes. go us. Uh, well, let's start with Buffalo. I'm Josh Allen right now. Josh Allen is the NFL leader in passing yards through two weeks of the season. I, I never thought those words would come out of my mouth unless everybody else was on a bye week somehow. But Josh Allen as the NFL leader in passing yards, fraud or law? I say fraud. Now, look, I think I kind of like Josh Allen more than some of the people out there, like the NFL Twitter that always thought he was terrible or whatever. Not that I thought he was great, but like he can do some things. Uh, the, the term I would use to describe Josh Allen is perpetual chaos. He's a very fun <laughs> player to watch because he's just, he's a wild man out there. He's going to, it's going to be high highs. It's going to be low lows. Um, you know, the thing with the Bills and Josh Allen as a whole here stats is they had one of the NFL's easiest schedules last year. I think it was like third easiest in strength of schedule. And so far this season, they've only had to go through the Jets, who I have 32nd in my power ranking, spoiler alert. Um, so like the worst team in the NFL. And the Dolphins are in a spot where they're still pretty bad too. So 
my question, you know, is he, can he stay hot as tougher challenges come up next? They have the Rams, they have Las Vegas, they have Tennessee, they have KC. I think the bills are good. I think Josh Allen is off to obviously a very good start, but am I buying it just yet? No, I'm going to say fraud. I completely agree. Total fraud. They haven't played anybody like you said. And here's the thing with Josh Allen. His highs are great, but his lows are awful. And sometimes when you're a quarterback, it's all about the worst thing that you do. And the worst thing that he does is he doesn't protect the football. He even got bailed out this week. He had that amazing run where he broke like three tackles, but he fumbled the ball. Now the ref said his momentum was stopped, so they didn't count it, but he doesn't protect the football. And I don't know a quarterback that's come into the league, turning the ball over a ton, who suddenly gets that under control. I really, I can't think of one. And I don't expect that to happen with Josh Allen. So even though he's doing great now, when things get tougher, like you said, the competition gets tougher. I don't think we're going to see him near the top of the NFL passing yardage list at all. So I say fraud on that one. Kyler Murray is up next stats. And, uh, you know, he's looking pretty good as a runner. Now the passing stats haven't been there quite as much, but um, I mean, he's been a total weapon on the ground so far this year. I mean, the Cardinals obviously off to two and zero start, um, you know, they avoided that letdown. I thought there might be a chance to kind of a letdown performance, you know, against Washington after, you know, this big win over the 49ers to start the year, but they didn't. I mean, they're, they're clearly a good team. He's 21 carries for 158 yards and three rushing touchdowns. And you kind of just watch him when he's out there and he's like scampering around. It's like, you can't, like get him like he's so like slippery and he's just he's out there and, and you can't stop him so uh I, I that's definitely a laud for me what do you say i don't i don't want to admit this as a niner <laughs> fan but let's it's hear a, it it's a complete laud he's yeah. awesome he's got more rushing yards right now than christian mccaffrey more rushing touchdowns than zeke elliott and more passing yards than patrick mahomes like holy crap he's incredible right now and the thing about him is I, I agree that like the passing numbers are not like blowing you out of the water, but I think part of that is, I think he needs a little more help around him. He has Hopkins. Who's awesome. But other than that, I don't see anybody in that receiving core that like blows me away. Christian Kirk is okay. The ghost of Larry Fitzgerald is great, but I think if he gets a little more weapons around him, I think he's going to be really good for a long time. And Kyler Murray complete laud, like buy stock right now. Last year might be the worst Kyler Murray that we see, and he was the offensive rookie of the year. Aaron Jones with the Packers stats. You have him here leading the NFL in rushing yards after two weeks. Is that a fraud or laud for you? Uh, to me, it's a fraud, It's mm-hmm. which sounds like a criticism of Aaron Jones, and I don't mean it to be. Uh, I just think that, one, when you have a team with Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to have the league's leading rusher. And two – Game script, I think, is going to be a factor here because I don't think the Packers are going to be blowing the doors off people to where they have to run the ball at the ends of games to kill the clock. So I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity there that a guy that leads the league in rushing usually has. I know that sounds harsh because I think Aaron Jones is a good player, but I'm not buying him as this good right now. Uh, I'm going to say laud. And I think those are all totally fair points. I'm not going to argue against those specifically. I just, I love the talent. I love Aaron Jones. I think he's really good. And I think the the Packers have underutilized him in the past. And hopefully they're kind of figuring out, oh, we should use this guy more because good things happen when he touches the football. Uh, I think when you look at the Packers as a whole, 
Um, it's interesting because I think they were such an like an obvious step back candidate this year. Not to say they were going to be bad, but you just you know you looked at the signs like okay, they're ninth or tenth in point differential last year. Um, they had the league's easiest schedule. Okay, it's like this is a sign they're probably going to take a step back. And so far, uh, that's not the case. You know, now they've only played I think bad teams in the Lions and the Vikings. Um, so you know that's some of it. Uh, you know, I want to see them beat some more good teams here for sure. Um, but, but Rogers looks great. And I think the offense is humming and it's going to be an issue. And I don't know that Aaron Jones is necessarily going to, you know, finish the, the NFL season as, as the leading rusher, but, uh, I, I will say just laud because I love the talent and I, I like where this Packers team is going. The other thing too, I mean, the Packers have played Minnesota and Detroit, not exactly, you know, the league's yeah. best teams right now. Both of those are absolute tire fires too. So I think they look a little better than they really are. Agree. That's fair. All right. Uh, let's go to the next person on our list. And Calvin Ridley right now is tied for the league lead in receiving yards with Stefan Diggs at 239 yards. Steph- uh, Calvin Ridley, fraud or laud? That's a fraud for me. Um, what? Yeah, it is. Listen, hear me out, stats. Um, like Calvin Ridley, obviously good, but everything to me with this Falcons team is a fraud. Like where, where are they going? Okay. It's like he could lead the NFL and receiving yards this year. And the Falcons are still going to be like, I don't know, like six and 10. So like, what's it mean? You know, it's not like meaningful contributions. Now, obviously they should have won this game in week two. It's, it's, it's so Falcons that they did not. I mean, just, it's the biggest chokers in the NFL. Like, you know, obviously we all know 28 to three. Um, sorry, Gene and Thomas. And, you know, we know that now, uh, apparently 20 to zero is the new 28 to three where it's just, it's pathetic. It's a pathetic team. Uh, we talked about it, I believe on the oddcast here last week's stats. It's like, why are Dan Quinn and why is this coaching staff still here? Like, wh- what are they doing? And, you know, the offense comes alive this week, but the defense is still a wreck. And yeah, so it's kind of more of a, really a fraud as the Falcons and Calvin Ridley is associated with that. And maybe that's unfair to him. Um, so it sounded like you want to sell me on Laud. So why don't you do that? Well, I'm just going to point out, even though I agree with you, the Atlanta Falcons are the biggest paper tiger in the entire league, but they're going to need to throw because they don't have much of a ground game. Matt Ryan can can throw the ball like crazy, and Julio Jones is going to get all the coverage. So the opportunities are there for Calvin Ridley for sure. He's a good player. I, I agree they might be 6-10, and 10, but I think he's going to have a monster season. All righty. We'll see. That's it. That's all I'm giving you. <laughs> and by the way, you're 100% right. I mean, what are the common denominators in the Super Bowl loss that the Falcons had and this game that we saw? It's Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn does not know how to handle prosperity. I mean, that onside kick, I've never seen anything like that before, where literally you're just sitting there watching it. And I saw a good point on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was. And I'm sorry, because I would like to give them credit, because I didn't think of this. If, if the onside kick goes to the other sideline, it's the Falcon sideline and you guarantee, I guarantee you people on the Falcon sideline are screaming, jump on it, jump on it, jump on it. But it goes to the Dallas sideline. Everybody wisely shuts up because they're all stunned that no one's getting this football and the Falcons recover uh, and the Cowboys recover. Excuse me. Yeah. And I mean, you would be able to hear that more than ever on an empty right? stadium too. <laughs> yeah. There's no excuse for that one. I mean, that is incredible. We've seen two weeks now where people don't know how to handle kickoffs. Remember week one, the saints did that sort of like pooch, they popped the kickoff in the air against the Bucks, and the Bucks crashed into one another. Like, study up on the rules, guys. It's not that hard. If you see the ball on the ground, go get it. 
if the ball is in the air and it might be close, just call a fair catch. Like it's not difficult. What a disaster just for the, like just total just disaster. I mean, the Falcons, you know, they had, I just can't believe it. Like they should have been up in the game or they were up in the game. They should have been able to seal the deal. Um, there's also a moment in that game too, where like Julio Jones drops, you know, oh. like a big pass and like they could have sealed it there. And it's just, they just, they choke in every way. Um, <laughs> I'm done talking about them. They don't deserve our time stats. All right. Well, we're going to get to a lot of teams that do deserve your time because the new power rankings are out. They are, of course, 100% accurate. And I noticed a lot of big swings in your power rankings this week that I want to talk to you about. So we'll get to a bunch of teams there. Plus, we're going to review our survivor picks a lot better in week two than week one. Go us. So we'll do that and more when we come back right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, Brandon, it is time. Power rankings, baby. Week three edition. I'm going to run through the top 10 first, just so everybody knows what we're dealing with. And then we'll sort of take a deeper dive on some of these teams. Number one, the Baltimore Ravens above the Chiefs. I love that you did that. We're going to get into that. So two is Kansas City. Three is Seattle. Four, the Packers. Five, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six, the Tennessee Titans. Number seven, Arizona Cardinals. Number eight, LA Rams. The Bills are at nine. And the Vegas Raiders are at 10. I have not seen many people putting the Ravens above the Chiefs in the rankings. I love that you did it. Tell me why. Uh, it's time. I mean, you know, I know, again, not to rip on Pete Sweeney again, but to absolutely rip on Pete Sweeney again. <laughs> I mean, like, I know it's inconceivable that the Chiefs uh, would lose here. But I mean, look, they were going up against a rookie quarterback who unexpectedly was making it his first start. And, you know, it took them to overtime to win that game. And now I'm not trying to say this t- uh, the Chiefs are bad because they're still very, very good. I have them number two. But, uh, you know, they're only 10th in DVOA after, overall after two games. Uh, the 24th ranked defense kind of the problem there. And meanwhile, I just look at the Ravens, and they don't have a weak point stats. They're 2-0 and without breaking a sweat. They're the number one team in DVOA, but almost by double the next team. They lead the NFL in point differential, plus 49. They're like a complete team. The offense is stacked um you know they, they can they can throw the ball they can run the ball the defense very legit and on special teams they're they're great too so it's just there's no weak point there they're the number one team yeah i think the easy thing to do is just say the chiefs won the super bowl they haven't lost they're the best team but that's not necessarily the case like that point about the chargers is great and by the way anthony lynn feel free to not give the ball back to the chiefs in overtime when it's like fourth and two i mean come on what are you doing uh i sorry I, my irrational Chiefs hatred is uh, is showing. But, no, I agree with you. Good job. Baltimore should be number one. Their entire team complements one another. Their offense complements their defense, which complements the special teams. It is, it's great. They did a great job. They deserve to be number one. Okay. Speaking of irrational hatred, I'm a Niners Nation guy, so I look up and I see the Seahawks at number three. I have questions, okay? First, I'll, I'll let you say your piece, and then I'm going to respond. That's Russell Wilson's the MVP. I mean, I said it yes, before, 
I said it before this, this, you know, the season started. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. With all due respect to Patrick Mahomes, you know, and some of these other good quarterbacks out there. I mean, it's just Russ. He is number one. And this should be the first year he wins his MVP trophy. Um, You know, nine touchdowns, 140 passer rating, leads the NFL. I mean, he's just awesome. He is sensational. He's great. Now, you know, obviously it was a close win there for the Seahawks, but, and, you know, people want to get on Russ for whatever, you know, or, or even the Seahawks coaching staff for, you know, giving the, you know, the Patriots the ball back at the end there, going for it on third down. I mean, there's a bad snap in there. Like there isn't a bad snap in there and he probably, you know, makes that throw. Uh, so you can't hold that against Russ. He was, he's, he's phenomenal. And uh, yeah. And the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold How on. Are they not. First of all, I can't disagree with anything you said about Russell Wilson. He is absolutely great. Can you tell me right now the team that has given up more yards than any other team in the league? Can you guess who it is? I'm going to guess it's the Seahawks. It's the Seahawks, okay? They give up almost 500 yards of offense a game and almost 30 points a game. Yes, Russell Wilson is awesome. But if he's not awesome... They're going to lose like that defense is straight garbage. They have Jamal Adams. Who's good. Everybody else trash Bobby Wagner cooked. Okay. They have no pass rush whatsoever. Their defense is hot garbage. And if Russ isn't amazing, they're going to get beat. Doesn't matter. Offense is so good. Russ what is do you so mean good. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Russ, you're saying this if he's not going to be bad because he's Russell Wilson. He's always good. He's they're in every single game with him. He's never going to be. I mean, okay, maybe he has like one bad game and they don't go 16 no and they go 13 and three or whatever. And that's where the defense bites them. But I mean, as long as Russ is there, they're going to be winning games. They're going to be in every single game. Look, okay, yeah, the defense, it's not great. It's an issue, but I just, I don't care. It's an issue. Like when the offense is elite, I just don't care about defense because like, look at Patrick Mahomes again in the playoffs last year. Chiefs defense, a big issue. I just said Chiefs, 24th in DVA, weak point for them. Doesn't matter. They have Patrick Mahomes. He's going to dig them out of any hole. Russell Wilson's going to dig this team out of any hole they have. The Seahawks are going to be totally fine. I mean, Russell Wilson threw five touchdown passes and they had to stop Cam Newton on the one yard line to win the game. Doesn't, doesn't that show you right now? I mean, what they are. I mean, Cam Newton hasn't even played, barely played last year and he was kicking their ass all game. Well, I, I did, you know, I have the Patriots on this list too, stats. If we want to pivot to them. All right, let's um, pivot to the Patriots. Where are they? I have them at 13th, um, but I'm like, you know, I'm kind of more sold on them. I, I thought, you know, I didn't, I had no idea. What to, I think both of us had kind of no idea what to make of this team. A lot mm-hmm. of people didn't know what to make of this team heading into the year. So I kind of just stuck them in the middle of power rankings. And I was like, I'm just going to put them here right now and kind of see if they go up or down. And I haven't moved them majorly up yet. Um, but I mean, close to it after almost winning in Seattle there. I mean, Cam is looking good. He's not looking cooked. Uh, and it's just so crazy that he was available for the price of $1.75 million in late June. I mean, like Cam can still play. And, you know, as long as that's true, I mean, this Patriots team, they're still in it. So, uh, again, didn't know what to make of them, but they're, you know, they're still here. And the Patriots' best attribute throughout this entire dynasty that they've had is their ability to evolve. They are the best example of being a completely different team at the end of the season from the team that began the year. I think personally, they're still learning the best ways to use Cam. They're still kind of figuring out how the different things that they can do with him. I mean, they to go from Brady to Cam is like going from a unicycle to a Lamborghini. Like he's going to be able to move around. I think that they're only going to get better with their offense as the season goes along. 
And when you combine a creative offense with a good quarterback and a genius as a head coach, like that's a really good combination. I think the Patriots are just going to get better and better and they're going to be moving up your power rankings every single week. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just wanted to assume like the bills were going to run away with the AFCs this year. I mean, not quite. I mean, the Patriots are still there in that division. Still going to have to, you know, go through them ultimately. Uh, stats. Do I bring up your 49ers? Who, by the way, I have a question for you. You know, you asked me the Seahawks question. Sure. Uh, which team is last in the NFC West right now? It's so impossible that this is true. But which team is last in the NFC West? The 49ers are currently last yep. in the NFC West. But seriously, though, uh, you know, cheap shot aside, how are you feeling about them? Because, I mean, there's a lot of injuries here. And well, I want to know what your th- uh, – this is, this is where my head was at. I was like, I'm seeing Nick Bosa go on IR or ACL, Solomon Thomas, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert. Like, all these guys are banged up. Like, where does this team stand right now? I, I move them down in my power rankings yes. because, you know, because they won, but the injuries are kind of a big deal. I've never seen a team win by three scores and go down for what three, three or four spots in a power rankings It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the injuries we've never seen injuries like this before. I don't know if people are really like understanding apply what happened to the 49ers to another team, right? Let's apply it to the chiefs. For example, if you were going to, if you were going to apply that, that would mean Patrick Mahomes is injured. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is injured. His backup was at Damian Williams. He's injured. Tyreek Hill. He's injured. Travis Kelsey. He's injured. Your best player on defense, Chris Jones. He would be injured. Your second best player on defense. What Tyron Matthew. He would be injured. Like it is incredible how it's happened to the 49ers, their team playing on Friday. That was when they were leaving to the jets that got injured because airport workers crashed into it and made it unsafe to fly. The MRI truck that was driving to the 49ers facility to give all these injured guys MRIs, that got injured. It broke down before it got to the team facility. This is like the year from hell for the 49ers. That is some Eagles injury luck right there. I mean, I I can definitely, (laughs) I mean, obviously the Eagles are healthier than that right now. It's not that bad for them, but I mean, like that's, I, I totally can relate to that. Just like seeing the ridiculousness of injuries pile up, especially the same position um like that's that's crazy and uh obviously jimmy g is is banged up like you said in there are, are you equated to patrick mahomes um so and he might miss this week i mean yeah he's got to play on that trash field that they have in new in new jersey but i will say this about the 49ers as dark as it looks right now and let me tell you it is dark they've got some softies coming up on the schedule i think they can beat the giants with nick mullins at quarterback and even with some of their backups they're not going to be able to rely on them long-term because guys like Jarek McKinnon and Jordan Reed are going to get, to get hurt because that's just what those guys do. But they can get through a couple of weeks. And if Jimmy comes back and then you get Debo Samuel back after you know then a couple of games and Richard Sherman comes back, they're not out of it. I think they can still make the playoffs in the NFC. I don't care the rest of the division is 2-0. That's fine. The Niners are 1-1. It's not a big deal. It looks dark now, but it may get better if they can just weather this storm a little bit. Yeah, that's one reason why I'm totally not like out on them or anything. I see, you know, Giants coming up, Eagles coming up, and the Miami Dolphins. And I guess, I guess it's time for me to mention the Eagles stats and get into them because I just did. Uh, you know, this is I'm I'm skipping all the way down here. Yeah, this is a huge uh, jump for the Eagles. Uh, you jump ball, down ball, it's like yeah, a jump off say. a bridge basically <laughs> um like a lot of people don't really feel like they want to do right now with 
you know, I moved the Eagles down from 18th to 29th. And honestly, I really toyed with putting them dead last in the NFL. And I don't think it would be insane to do that stats because they're the NFL's worst team in terms of DVOA. They're tied for the second worst point differential. The only team, uh, and they're tied with the Jets for that. So, okay, great. And the only team that's worse than them is the Texans. And in fairness to the Texans, they've had to play the Chiefs and the Ravens. So like, you know, kind of a, a tough schedule there. Uh, Carson Wentz looks awful right now. Stats like nowhere near a top five quarterback. You can't, you can't hit the broad side of the barn right now. Like guys are open. He has time. It's not just the offensive line. People want to say it's offensive line week one. He gets sacked eight times. I said he had time to throw there still. I know the offensive line wasn't great, but it was good this week. Zero sacks. He got like hit three times. The offensive line did their job. Carson Wentz did not. Can't throw an accurate pass right now. It was an issue for him all of last year, too, so it's not just something new. Decision-making issues are a big problem. He has, what, four interceptions in, in two games this year after only throwing seven uh, in, in the past couple seasons? Like, this is a really big issue here. And the defense. How did I not even mention the defense? I mean, they, they surrender 449 yards and, <clears throat> and 37 points without much resistance at all, despite the fact that the Eagles spent all of their free agency resources, all of the cap space they had, on the defense. So it's really pathetic. Uh, the Eagles are bad. I was concerned heading into this year that this team was kind of going to be a fraud. I didn't think they were going to be this bad. I thought, you know, kind of like nine and silver, nine and seven, uh, mediocre again, or at least maxed out around there. But man, this team is just straight up bad. So you see this as more a sign of things to come than, hey, it's early. They haven't had preseason. We'll give Carson time to sort of round into shape. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> I think this is really concerning. You look at the history of obviously teams starting 0-2. It's not good, like 12% make the playoffs. I looked at, at the Eagles' history specifically. They have one playoff win and all of their times are starting 0-2. So like, okay, maybe this team rebounds. But I think they still kind of, at best, top out as that 9-7 and mediocre team. And then I don't know where that really gets them because they would be nine and seven for the third straight year at that point. So what, like, what are they going to do? Are they not going to change anything and then go nine and seven again next year? Like I, I almost think it's better for them to be bad and realize like, Hey, we need to change some things here and not just keep deluding ourselves into thinking that we're actually good. Yeah. They're, they're like the Portland trailblazers. The blazers had a streak where they made the playoffs every year for like 20 straight years, but they were never a threat to win the NBA finals because they were just good enough to make the playoffs, but that's it. And there's a line there where you have to decide, like, are we are we cool just making the playoffs like the Bengals used to do? Or do we want to actually compete for Super Bowls? And if you do, then you might have to tear it down before you build it up again. Speaking of bad team stats, this is just real quick. I don't even think you need to spend a ton of time. Uh, but I just wanted to mention the Lions have lost 11 in a row now. I forgot <laughs> about that. I was like, whoa, I, I didn't even remember that. And they're also 1-14 in 14 in their last 15 games. I mean, why is Matt Patricia still here? Like Lions fans out there and even Bob Quinn too. I think it's speaking of teams that kind of need like a wake up call and to clear house. Uh, yeah. I think the Lions kind of, it's time. Yeah. I mean, look, you ran, you fired Jim Caldwell cause he was nine and seven. You couldn't wait to get him out of town to bring in Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia is terrible. Like he's terrible. He's not good situationally. His defense is not good. Whatever you brought Matt Patricia here to do, he hasn't been doing it because they've just been bad on pretty much all fronts. Another bad team in the NFC North I wanted to mention is the Minnesota Vikings because Ooh. I have I've been I've long been stats infamously even a big hater of Kirk Cousins because he, he's just been a total fraud to me. 
um, the whole, you like that thing, all of that. I mean, it was just, like, oh, look at his numbers. He's so good. He, he never beats teams in meaningful games. Like, obviously, okay, they beat the Saints in the playoffs last year, but one game. And then what happens when they face the 49ers? Yeah, not so good. Kirk Cousins right now, who received $61 million guaranteed from the Vikings. They, they, for some reason, rushed to give him a contract extension in the offseason. <laughs> he has the lowest passer rating in the NFL right now at 61.9. He is awful. Yeah, the Vikings offense, I'm stunned that it's been this bad because at times they looked very good. I mean, last year, the Thielen and Diggs, and they had a, a with Cook and running game, like they looked pretty good. But the problem with Cousins, I feel like, is there's no ability there whatsoever to make a play if things don't go according to plan, like none. And it's, it's bad. I mean, you saw him take a safety last week. If it ain't there it ain't going to be there for the Vikings. And through two weeks, it's been absolutely terrible. Um, one more thing before we go, because I just want to mention this, because I'm so guilty of this, of skipping over and sort of ignoring the Tennessee Titans. And mm. I don't want to do that because they're at six. We just did fraud or laud earlier. I should have put Ryan Tannehill in there because yeah. holy cow, like Ryan Tannehill, I don't know where this guy was early in his career. Maybe it was just a case of Adam Gase holding him back, mm. but He's got the fourth highest passer rating in the NFL, as you noted. He was good last year when he came in, and he's picked up right where he's left off. Yeah, and he makes some like legitimately good throws too. Like it's, this isn't just like you know the stats look better than the performance. Like you you watch him play, and he make, he's making some big time throws. Like he had in that third and nine, uh, you know, two two minutes ten seconds left in the in the third quarter in that game. Just you know, beauty of a throw into the end zone there. And yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of laughing, you know, when the, the Titans gave Tannehill that contract in this offseason. It's like, what are you doing? And now I do think he's helped here, you know, by having Derrick Henry. And you look at his numbers, and it's not like he's throwing the ball like, you know, 40 times a game and carrying the whole team with his arm. He's good support. But, you know, that's a credit to the Titans coaching staff. Like they're putting him in favorable positions. And to Tannehill's credit, he's being efficient. It's kind of like the, what the Ravens do with Lamar. You know, it's not like he's carrying the team with his arm every week. Like you might only see him, you know, win the game with like, you know, 20 something attempts but like they can win that way so so why not do it yeah Tannehill definitely you know definitely a, a laud for me you know for putting him in that category the Titans are good yeah I'm six I think they're a legit team yeah I, I saw it there and my first instinct was like wait a minute what but then you think about what they've done and the coaching there is great I think Vrabel's a great head coach especially situationally they absolutely deserve it so good for the Titans and I, I just wanted to mention it because it's so easy to skip over them because they don't like score 50 points and blow you away they just win and so congratulations tennessee number six in the power rankings i think we've i think we've covered most of the teams that we wanted to hit on brandon i have one last one for you stats oh, and it's okay. still in the afc south it's the jacksonville jaguars how about this team like oh, you know Gardner. everyone thinks they're gonna be gardner's fun man he's fun at the very least you can say that um, he's not perfect, no, but he gives the NFL's youngest and least expensive team. Like, you know, this is this is a team that shouldn't be expected, you know, to have great things going on for them. But you have Jay Gruden there, and he's doing nice things with Gardner Minshew. This is a scrappy group. I'm 19th. I think like, if you're a Jags fan, you should feel pretty good. You know, obviously they lost on Sunday, but it's like this team is exceeding expectations, and they're fun. And, you know, for on the opposite side, to bring it back to the Eagles for a second, they're like the second most expensive team in the NFL. And they're 0-2. You know, they're spending all this, and there's all this, you know, like thought that they can be a good team, and they're not. So they're kind of just the opposite end of the spectrum there. When expectations are low and you, over, you know, you overachieve them, that's nice. But, you know, when you underachieve, not as good. 
And I think there's a difference too when your quarterback is like a character. I, I, it just makes it more enjoyable. Like we talked to when I was with Pro Football Talk at NBC, we had Gardner Minshew on at the Super Bowl, and we asked him like, "How did you connect with your fan base there?" Because they love him in Jacksonville, and his response was, "I think I'm just enough white trash to have a good connection <laughs> with the fans there." Like he's awesome. He's a character, like you said. He's fun. He can throw the ball. Like he's not just like a Tim Tebow who sort of had all his success through sort of fluky plays. Like Gardner can legit throw the ball. He led the nation in passing one year in college. I agree. The Jags are just fun to watch. Yeah, they could. Uh, it's not crazy. I think they could be a top seven seed in the AFC, maybe sneak into the playoffs there. Speaking of crazy, let's get to the survivor picks for week two. <sighs> week one, we were awful. And week two, I was I was ready. Like, I was started to take the notes. I was going to crush you. <laughs> crush you when because the, the Cowboys were getting their doors blown in by the Falcons and lo and behold the comeback of all comebacks and you look like a genius never a doubt stats you know I knew the Cowboys would be able to hold on I you know look I I did kind of like for as lucky as I got with that my whole premise was that you cannot trust the Falcons and I was right about that you know they they are this fraud <laughs> team they are chokers so uh, it wasn't so much about confidence in the Cowboys to me as, as it was. I thought that, you know, the Falcons do find ways to mess things up. And certainly enough, they did. Now they did it by the skin of their teeth or the Cowboys won by the skin of their teeth. But uh, I'll take it. We both won this week. So that's that's better than last week. Yeah, I don't know how much credit I get for taking the Bucks over the Panthers. That wasn't exactly a leap. I was going for I needed to even the record at one and one. So I was going for the sure leap. What do you have this week for your survivor pick? Oh, man. So I'm going to the schedule here. Uh, I want you to go first, actually, because I'm still kind of. You're unprepared, and so you're throwing me under the bus. Yes, is that, that what's is happening? exactly what's happening. <laughs> like when you say, I got to go to the schedule here, that's not a good sign. I have it up. I'm looking at it, and I just, I, I'm not convinced yet. So you tell me. There are some pretty good games this week. Like Rams Bills is a sneaky good game. I'm going to go, again, I think this is easy, but I'm going Browns over Washington. I think the mm. Browns are not as bad as they looked. Look, they played the Ravens week one. Baltimore makes a lot of teams look bad. I think the Browns have figured out their formula. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. They're going to run play action. They're going to get Baker out of the pocket, and they're going to chuck it down the field to Landry and to Beckham. I, I'm I'm buying stock in the Browns right now. I feel totally comfortable taking them over Washington. I'm going to take a team that we didn't talk about to kind of make it more fun that way for you, you podcast listeners. We didn't there. talk about Cleveland. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, no, I wasn't trying to put you down. So you didn't, I wasn't going to say, like, uh -huh. I'm also following suit with what you're saying. And like, I could pick the Titans here against the Vikings, but we just talked about the Titans. That doesn't feel fun uh, to then do that. I'm going to take the Colts who bounce back this week and kind of concerned with them, you know, oh, after that week. What a off. risk there. Taking the well, Colts look, over the Jets. The Jets are terrible. I have them 32nd again in, in my power rankings. They're a total joke. Um, you look at the stat sheet from that Jets game and it's like they're leading receivers uh, Chris Hogan, who they only signed in mid-August, like, okay. And their leading rusher is 38, 37, 37. 37-year-old 37 Frank Gore, who's averaging three yards per carry. It's like, what does Sam Darnold have to work with here? Like, I don't think Sam Darnold has been great, and he probably deserves a lot of criticism, but, like, they're not giving him a chance. So, yeah, the Jets stink. Gase should be gone by now. I don't know what he's doing there. You want to talk about head coaches, you know, overstaying uh, their welcome. Uh, yeah, so I think the Colts – I have a good coaching staff. I really like Frank Reich. And I still don't fully trust Phillip Rivers, but I sure trust him a whole lot more than what the Jets have going on right now. So I'll take the Colts. 
I can't say I blame you there. You could pick anyone against the Jets from now until the end of time, and I'm pretty much comfortable with that. So good job by you. We even the records at one and one. Hopefully we'll both have winning records next week. Uh, before we go, I want to get to the couple of the oddities from this week because we always like to run through these things. Uh, did you see at one point, and I, I don't want to crush him because he didn't really know he was going to be starting, but Justin Herbert was doing a fake, a play-action fake in the game against the Chiefs. And the running back is on the opposite side of him that he's trying to fake to. So he literally is holding the ball out for absolutely no one. You know, one of my favorite things is when a quarterback does this, made me think of it is like when they're beyond the line of scrimmage and they do the pump fake. I love oh yeah. That. Like they're, and they're like not even close to it. They're like 10 yards down the field and the defense. Fall. I love that so much. It's so great. Or when there's like nobody, be, there's no receivers in the area, but they're pump yeah. faking anyway. Cause it works and gets love the it. defender to pause. And then the other thing I saw, and this should interest you as an Eagles fan, Carson Wentz throws a pick in the end zone and the crowd is booing. And then you realize there is no crowd. This is fake. So they, they switched to the piped-in booze for the interception. Uh, I forget who it was. Someone on the Eagles, I think, kind of said that. He kind of hoped there was booing still. And, and there should be. I mean, that holds the team accountable to some extent. You know, like, hey, like, get your stuff together here, dude. And, uh, yeah, so I'm totally fine with that, of course. Uh, I mean, obviously, surprise coming from a Philly person. But, yeah, I think that's great. More booing. <laughs> More booing, the least surprising thing you've said all day. All right, that's going to do it for us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate all the nice things you've said so far. They don't have to necessarily be nice. If you want us to be better, we're open to that. Just let us know. Yes, please do. Uh, I love the feedback. It's always great to see here at the Odd Class. You want to be part of that hashtag Odd Squad. I mean, you know, stats, maybe this thing turns big one day. I mean, obviously, it's really big already, but even bigger – I would love to get like t-shirts one day. That could be kind of cool. So you know what we need to do? What? We need to get t-shirts made. We need to make a bet with Monday football Monday. And then when Ooh. we win, they have to wear them. That's what we do. I, I love that idea. That is really good. And uh, I guess we should mention too, that if you, you know, if you, uh, you don't know where we are already, I'm from bleedinggreennation.com, stats from ninersnation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. You can follow stats on Twitter at stats on fire. Support the show if you like it. And we'll be back next week.